Welcome to another Between the Lines. I'm Al Travis. We've got, uh, well, you probably know him as a podcaster, Walter Hudson, but he's now he's your state representative. We talk with him next on Between the Lines. While a lot is changing in our world, at Mediacom, our focus remains the same. Making sure you have the fastest, most reliable connection possible. During this critical time, we know your needs are changing. You may be working or learning from home, relying on telemedicine, or finding new ways to keep everyone entertained. If you need more speed, call or go online, and Mediacom will double your speed immediately for as low as $10 more a month for one year. Between the lines, I'm Al Travis, uh, representative. Congratulations on the, the win and becoming a representative here. Uh, what district number are you? The number is 30A, if that means anything to you. Well, it doesn't. They changed everything. I'm still trying to remember what's what. But So where is 30A? What, who do you represent? It's northeastern Wright County, so it includes Rockford Township, Hanover, Albertville, St. Michael, and a lot of Otsego. Okay, fair congratulations again. Some folks probably know you from your podcast. What's your podcast called? The Omnibus well, or the I've, Omnibus? I've had a few of them. So Omnibus Podcast was the one I was doing with uh, Representative Jeremy Munson. Yes. And um, prior to that, I had a show on Twin Cities News Talk at yep. 1130 uh, in the evenings, weekdays for a couple of years. And uh, you credit those with your big win? <laughs> well... They're certainly part of the universe. Sure enough. Uh, we generally start with 11 rapid-fire questions. First time you're on in any given year. Are you ready to play our little game? Sure. Go ahead. What would be your ultimate vacation? Oh, ultimate See, vacation. See, I told you questions. It's, it's pretty boring. It's, I'm going to say Orlando. Just go down there and tour everything. Are you a Mickey Mouse guy? Or are you like Star The kids Wars? are. Okay. Star Wars, sure. What uh, We didn't even ask. You're married. What, uh, what, what age group with the kids? What do you have for combinations? Two sons, 13 and 9. Wow. See, they're just getting into stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, tearing I, stuff down, building stuff this up. This is so wrong to say, but I didn't care for my kids until they got into doing stuff, so they could walk, run, throw right. balls and stuff. Yeah. Before that, it was just like you're feeding them. Mm -hmm. I, that was never my thing. So now you're getting into the good stuff. Oh, yeah. My 13-year-old brought up Manifest Destiny in casual conversation the other day. See, that you talking. There we go. All right, what values are most important to you? <sighs> Individual rights, um, self Governance, self-ownership, the ability to guide our own lives according to our own values. I think that is the ultimate goal of uh, Western civilization, and that's the way I tend to guide my public service. Ultimate goal of civilization to this question, what's your favorite song? 
Yeah, we cover the gamut. <laughs> left and right. Uh, not much of a pop culture guy. I'm honestly, I'm more of a like a movie soundtracks type guy. John Williams. That, that could be thing. your favorite song. What? Uh, sure. you, the... Let's let's go with uh, just the classic uh, Star Wars theme. See, there you, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, who has been the kindest to you, and why? You know, it's going to have to be uh, the late Drew Lee, um, who was one half of Justice and Drew on mm -hmm. uh, the Twin Cities News Talk, passed away this year. Um, in retrospect, I really realize how gracious he was. I, I thought that I was doing him a favor by taking a show in mm -hmm. the evening slot. Um, he was really doing me a favor. He was lifting me up as he lifted up so many other people in the industry. Fantastic. Uh, what job or jobs did you have when you were a teenager? First job, well, it depends on how far back you want to go. We'll say gas station, and then I worked at Menards for a while with, like, half of my high school class. So were you, like, so. the plumber guy? Like, you, you pretended you knew how plumbing, even if you didn't, or the cement guy? Yeah. Is that what you did? I was in hardware, and, you know, we helped out in receiving, and we thought we had it really bad, but it was one of the easiest jobs <laughs> in the world. What traits do you consider when you choose a candidate to vote for? I, I like somebody who doesn't have to think too long about their answers to questions. So we'll see yeah, how long I fulfill. Uh, your radio is helping you so far very right. well. Uh, how many apps on a regular basis do you use? Apps? Your apps on your phone. How many, how many on your phone do you have for apps? Oh, I probably have two or three dozen apps, but I probably only use about six of them on a regular basis. And can you so. give us a little plug for them? Oh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Daily Wire, okay. uh, Todoist, which is a to-do list. Yeah, we got uh, What's the most recent show you've binge-watched? So, I... Uh oh I, <laughs> That you can tell us about. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that. It's not that. It's that I keep going back to the Star Treks because... There's I, nothing wrong with that. I try new things and I'm always disappointed, so I'm just going to watch something I know I like. You're doing the Andor thing? Andor's the I new thing. I watch Andor. Yeah. Every, every week, we're, my wife and I are sitting down watching mm -hmm. the new one. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mark that on the tape. I like that answer a ton. <laughs> when you started laughing, I thought I asked a bad question. No, no, no. Uh, what uh, did you like or dislike about where you grew up? And where did you grow up? Uh, Cottage Grove is the town most responsible for my upbringing. And what I loved about it was that it's, it's perfectly located, yeah. where you're on a 20-minute bike ride from every different type of place, yeah. you know, to, to the deep suburban. You could stroll down to St. Paul Park and be right by yeah. the river and the industry. You could go out to the country towards Afton and see the St. Yeah. Croix Valley. Just an amazing location. That's a great answer. Uh, what is the first thing you notice when you meet somebody? Whether or not they're nervous to meet me. Quick question, sidebar. So, we just met mm -hmm. 10 minutes ago. Sure. First thoughts. Was I scared of you? No. Fair. Easy going. Yeah, I mean, do this long enough, no one cares anymore. Right. Uh, the last question, or 11th question, uh, tell me how you would like people to remember you. Hopefully, they remember me for being able to articulate an idea that they did not agree with until I s articulated it, right? Sweet. Um, it's the, the ability to bring perspective that uh, challenges your priors okay. successfully. Fair enough. Uh, thank you for playing our little game. That's how we get to know each other a little better. Uh, we've got uh, State Representative Walter Hudson. We'll go to break early so we have time to discuss. We'll do that right after this on Between the Lines. Right now, millions of people and billions of devices are connected to the internet. Homes, businesses, hospitals, 
and schools. The security and reliability of these connections are more important than ever. That's why at Mediacom, we've built a network to protect them. A network that sees threats, fixes problems before they occur, and keeps you going with 99.99% network reliability. Between the lines, Al Travis with Walter Hudson, your new state representative. Again, congratulations on the win. Um, you have to be ecstatic. I mean, it came out the way you wanted, right? I mean, a Republican wanting to win, and you did. I did win, but I was by no means ecstatic. Well, this is my point. This is what I was getting at with you. Um, this could have been taking laps. We took over the House. We got the Senate. You know, right. the governorship. This could have been that big thing that Republicans were talking about. Mm-hmm. And you did your part, <laughs> uh, but are you, it has to be polished around the edge. There's got to be some nuance to this that it wasn't as exciting as you had hoped. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like being a player who scored multiple touchdowns on a team that's still lost, right? I mean, it's it's hard Buffalo to feel. Buffalo Bill. Oh, I'm <laughs> that's, sorry. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's hard to to feel good about your individual success yeah. in a context where the cause that you're fighting for has been set back, undeniably. Well, and that's what I want to talk with you about. Was there a message sent to the Republican Party on Tuesday of Election Day? Was there something sent? Because, uh, you know, poll guys, mm-hmm. well, it'll be close to the top. Right. But, whoa, watch out. There could be this wave. And we even talked nationally, this wave. Yeah. Was it going to be a tsunami, for God's sake? A tsunami? Yeah. And now we're sitting here, and it hasn't been decided yet as we tape, but it will be. By the, you know, was there a message sent to Republicans well, unquestionably, there's always messages sent in elections. The question is, what was that message, and how should we properly? So you're saying I'm a bad, I'm a bad questioner. I should have asked you the question. So what was the message sent to you, Mr. Hudson? Uh, what are you supposed to pull out of that? Well, I think that there's there's a lot of analysis that still needs to be done. But where I'm sitting right now is I see this as an indictment of our operation uh, more than anything else. There's a lot of people who are pointing to, you know, quality of candidates, but you know, when, when I Take into consideration that idea, I have to compare and contrast with the Democrats' candidates, who have been some really questionable ones who somehow prevailed on Tuesday in spite of the environment. So I think what you see happening is there's a machine on the other side that knows exactly what it's doing. It is very well-oiled and very well-financed, outspending us um, exponentially. And it's going to take a lot more than being right and having the facts and the environment on our side in order to prevail against that machine. We got to figure out how to fight. 
Let's go with the candidates for a second if we can. I, from a guy who watches quite a little bit, um, it's gotten really nasty. I'm not so old that you can't go back to elections where I stand for this, you stand for that, and right. let's see who wins. And now it's, well, wait a minute, in third grade, don't you remember you kicked over the Girl Scout cookie stand and there's a gal, you know, it's gotten weird. And what I mean by that is maybe there's a reason we don't have the quality candidates that people are talking about when one in eight seats went unopposed. And that's mm -hmm. counting both sides. I'm not saying this is a Republican or Democrat thing, but we don't, there are people who don't even want to play this game. Sure. Eight, or would that be almost 24 seats? Right. Unopposed? Right. Let's say something. Somebody's doing something wrong, and it's either the game. Who talked you into running, sir? And why did you pick it up? Well, strangely enough, it's an idea I came up with on my own. Um, but I was blessed with circumstances that allowed me to run. I have a very supportive um, livelihood situation where I was able to to not entirely sacrifice everything in order to be able to to pursue this. And not everybody has that. I mean, being a being a legislator, being a candidate, even is its own more than part time job. Um, and you you need to have the luxury, the privilege, frankly, to be able to do that. And not everyone does. And as it it particularly matters for folks who you know would be good candidates. But part of the reason that would make them a good candidate is that they have something else good going. Yeah. And so you're asking them to put that on pause indefinitely to go serve in public office, have all the tomatoes thrown at them, have their reputation dragged through the mud, and then on the other end of it, expect that maybe they might be able to pick up where they left off, but where they left off is however many years back from where they started. Right, and ask what you do? I'm an operations manager for a small business in logistics. Okay, and, and they were fine with you running. Your spouse was like, you bet, go get it, and we're good? They're supportive, yes. Because uh, that, it is, a, for folks who don't, and I don't know the quite the number perfectly, but for those that don't know, I think the house you guys make like 35K. I mean, it's, it's like you can make more at the quick trip. It's it's up now to I, I don't know the exact number. It's between like forty six, forty eight. You can look it up, um, but yeah, I mean it's still very much a it's not a fantastic salary for when when you think about the type of folks who typically go for something like this. What they are making in their actual day job yes. is significantly more than that. But then it comes down to said so again. We're back to discussing people and why they want this gig. You either want it for the right reasons. Yeah. I want to do better. I want to help my neighbor. I want to make this a better place for me. Then, or there are others that there's some something I get out of it. it isn't the money, mm -hmm. so it's got to be quote unquote the power. I presume the what I, can I get on the other side of this thing, and that's where we fall in the problems. And then, is it worth the mudslinging? And I think if you're just a, a nice housewife that said, you know what, I really like, I'm, I'm politically minded. I don't want my children to hear every bad thing that ever happened. You know, what I'm saying we we're losing a lot on any side. I'm not ripping it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of the reason why you see politicians become self-serving is because of that environment. You know, even if you start off with uh, on the side of the angels and with the best of intentions to do everything good and uh, beneficial for society, when you're exposed to that level of vitriol and personal cost and the risk that you're taking in terms of putting your career on hold and whatnot and putting your family through it, uh, the, I, I can certainly see how people get past a point where they say, you know what, I'm going to get mine. Yeah. And we've seen many, many examples of that, and it's hard to blame people when that's the environment that they're in. Well, I want to talk where we go from here, because getting there is I want to talk about $250 million and, and some other things. But first, 
Um, I presume there was a thought in your head when you went in and on the other Republicans you talked to that here's our plan when we win. Right. Yes. Right. This, well, these are the things we're going to take care of, Dag Nebit. Yep. Uh, that's out the window. Mm-hmm. So do you have a plan? Have you met with the others? Is the new plan, it's all defense boys, let's uh, grab the pads. What What is it that we can expect out of you and your side in the next two years? Well, that that's still coming together, as you might imagine. There's uh, a, a lot of scrambling to define the new status quo. But I can tell you what I individually, what my convictions are. I plan to do exactly the same things that I was going to do before. Now, I, I still think it's my responsibility to represent the community that elected me. And that means pursuing what we hold to be the most desirable and beneficial public policy for the state of Minnesota from our perspective. And so those bills are still going to get authored. Those bills are still going to get submitted. I'm realistic about the expectations of them getting supported and passed. Um, in this environment. But I do think that there's there should be opportunity within the context of being the minority to have a persuasive influence upon the majority, or at least upon enough of the majority, to, to impact what they do in a productive manner that makes it more palatable to uh, the public at large. They give me the sign. I've got to go to break. We'll come back and we'll talk uh, specific legislation that may or may not get passed. We'll do that uh, with Representative uh, Walter Hudson after this. we would have survived without Mediacom. We, uh, we have five kids, my wife and I, and we have Mediacom for all of our internet and all of our, uh, our cable services. So I'm stuck in my house, but at the same time, I'm connected to people all over the world, and it's been fantastic. Thanks to Mediacom, I've had reliable internet um, to continue to work business as usual that I can continue to provide for, for myself and my family. Right now we all feel like the world is in a standstill. Um, the internet has played a huge role in allowing us to stay connected to our jobs and the kids schooling online and finding fun and creative ways to stay connected with the ones that we love. We couldn't do it without Mediacom. Welcome back. Between Lines, Al Travis, Walter Hudson, uh, your state representative. Uh, Mr. Hudson, um, things that I am hearing as we speak. Governor wants to get this uh, uh, legalized marijuana thing, let's just get her done. Um, codifying the abortion bill and saying, okay, we can make sure that that in Minnesota is, is law. And then we can talk money and some of these other things. 
You can't do anything to stop them, can you? Is, is, or is it even a goal that they, they win, come the spoils and that sort of thing? Or will you go in and try to persuade folks on either of those issues? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, after the legislature accidentally legalized um, aspects of marijuana, THC, in the last session, the fallout in, in my community was raucous. I mean, you've got business uh, leaders, community members, employers who are asking questions that nobody has the answer to because they don't know what they were doing as they did it. Yeah. And that is a testament. You know, these folks, my colleagues that I'm about to walk into, they're not stupid people. They, they didn't do something accidentally because they're dumb. They did something accidentally because the process is set up in a way that prevents intelligent people from knowing what they're doing. Um, and that we were going to fix that in, if we were the majority. We were going to go back to single subject bills and really drilling down mm -hmm. and knowing what it is that we're advocating for as opposed to the sausage factory of omnibus. Um, so maybe the Democrats will do that too. That would be great. My opponent talked about that. So okay. I know that there is some talk on that side about single subject. Um, but when it comes to things like marijuana, we need to be deliberate in terms of if you want to move forward with it, I can't stop you, but let's talk about how we implement it in a way that is going to be um, least disruptive to these communities and these employers. Give me an idea. They're saying $10 billion now, but I, it was 12 before. I don't know if interest or somebody slushed $2 billion off the top. I have no idea. But it was $12 billion lying at the Capitol. They could yeah. not figure out what to do with last session. Right. And on this program, I was... Not fuming mad. I was fuming mad until we got to the end. I said, okay, that's fine. Now go vote what right. you want for this $12 billion. And it was very few folks talked about it okay. as far as their campaign goes, which drove me nuts because it's $12 billion. Right. Are you going to give it back? Are you going to spend it? I presume the idea is now they're going to spend it. Where do, what do you think is a realistic look at what can happen with $12 billion sitting in the bank? Well, I think they're going to do something similar to what they were talking about doing before. They're just going to change the ratios a little bit, right? So before they had this idea, and you could argue about how precise it was articulated, but of like four, four, and four, where they were going to spend four, save four, and give four back. I think that they're going to do something similar to that, but the ratios are going to shift around. The give back is probably going to look a lot more gimmicky in terms of here's your check, you know, pat you on the head and hope you feel better. Um, and they're going to spend a ton of it, maybe half of it, if not more. Um, and, you know, the rainy day fun talk is going to evaporate pretty quickly. Um, you won. Are you positive? Are you feeling positive about this? No one's got to like being on the, the underdog side when, you know, the reins are taken out. How do you get up out of bed and say, okay, I got this, but it's not what I really wanted. And what are you going to do? Well, my, my going from being a citizen activist mm -hmm. to a state legislator in the minority, really the only difference between where I was before and where I am now is I've got a front row seat. Like I've got a better view of the chaos as it unfolds. And so not much will change for me aside from the platform from which I'll be advocating for what I know to be right and true. Um, so I'm going to continue to do that. And that's what gets me up out of bed, is somebody needs to make the case for the right way to go, even as we're moving in the opposite direction. I, I don't want to question you. You've been wonderful to come on my program. We've been doing this since 96, 1996, not 1896. Stop. Um, a lot of new folks have come through here and, and said, I'm going to be that guy that I was. The difference between being a citizen activist and now a representative is before you got to be right all the time. You know, I just, sure. you know, yep. you had that. Now, everything you say has to be weighed by 
Will that make them vote for me again or not? Are you going to be that guy that everyone's scared of? Says he doesn't seem to care if he gets rehired or not. Are you going to be that guy? No. Or am I going to? No. No. See, I don't think it's an either or. I don't think it's. I think that's a false dichotomy. I think there's a way. Well, to... That's what we do in in this business. We create. Put you in a trap. Right. No. I'm. And I also am not Pollyannish and and thinking that I can find some perfect way to articulate myself that's going to please all sides. That's not going to happen either. But I I think that. When, when people talk about remaining the guy and staying true to themselves, it's about principles, right? The holding on to what it is that motivated you to do this in the first place. There's always a change in the way one conducts themselves when their environment changes. And this is certainly a different environment. I'm going to have to learn the ropes of how things work in St. Paul, how things work in the legislature. But what I don't want to see happen is to move off of my principles, my foundation, my values, the the reasons why I came here in the first place. And whatever new way of doing things um, I discover will be utilized to the same purpose that I was pursuing before. Okay, let me ask you this, and we're not going to have time. Can I get you back on the program anytime you'd like to come back on? I'd love to have you on it and we'll Absolutely. delve uh, deep into this because... I think the Republicans are going to have to figure something out one way or the other. Do they go left? Do they go right? And sad thing for you, sir, because you won and you're on the inside. Um, you're one of the few new ones that have won. And I think they need to come to you and say, hey, what did you do? What was your sauce? Yeah. Otherwise, I think the Republicans are going to get lost. I want to say thanks uh, to a couple folks here. I want to say thank you very much, Minnesota Cable Communications Association, Innovative Marketing Techniques, Mediacom, Ex Explore Alexandria, and you for watching. I want to say thanks to the uh, representative, uh, Mr. Hudson, for being on the program. You're fantastic. I'm going to give you 30 seconds right there in the camera to say whatever in the world you want. There are a lot of stories in Minnesota that are not being told. And from my position in the minority in the state legislature, I hope to find those stories and be able to echo them, whether it's in a committee hearing or on the House floor, um, in order to provide my colleagues in the majority with something to think about, the impact of the policies that they're conceiving and proposing and moving forward with. Uh, we, we needn't apply uh, a hammer um, or a, a butcher knife to situations that require a scalpel. And that'll be the case that we're making as Republicans in the minority in the state house. Thank you very much for being on the program. My 30 seconds of the box really comes down to the next two years should be interesting. But it's always, always been split this way, split that way, got them. But now there's one side that has everything. And the people, they, they can decide where they want to go. But on the right, they've got decisions to make. Do we have to veer left? Go more toward the center to pick up those independents? Do we go more right and stand with our views? This is a battle inside the Republican Party that we have to watch. And back to you, sir. You won. There's some sauce there. And I hope the rest of the Republican Party spends enough time talking to you about how you did it. Uh, we'll catch you again next week right here on Between the Lines.